Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Metaphysical Apothecary. This is our second episode with the Scorpio Sisters. This is Shannon, and my cohort, Megan, is with us today Hi, as well. We are going to be talking about the subtle bodies. Yes, we are very excited to discuss the subtle bodies because they are the key to our well-being. We're going to dive in today about how you can steward your personal health and your personal well-being by starting in the subtle body or the psychic body. And what the subtle or psychic body is and how to be able to start identifying when it's Exactly. So that you can address issues in the subtle body or psychic body. We are going to use those interchangeably before they manifest in your physical body. What is the subtle body? So it's a yogic, tantric, and Taoist idea. It comes from these traditions. And in these traditions, we have a total of three bodies, which include the causal, subtle, and physical bodies. What is the subtle body? The subtle body is an energy field that surrounds our physical body. And essentially, it's made up of seven layers of energy that emanate from our chakras. So if you think of the chakras as pools of energy, the subtle body is made up of these bands of energy that expand out from the chakras. And each one is associated both with a chakra and with the glands that those chakras influence or feed. These make up the endocrine system. The endocrine system is what gives functionality to all of the other systems in the body. So essentially the subtle body influences and feeds the functions of our, our physical body. And when there's uneasiness or turmoil in the subtle body, it, man it can manifest in our physical body. So one of the best ways to keep ourselves physically healthy is to ensure that our subtle body is healthy by stewarding our personal well-being. One of the best ways to do that is to be the guardian of our own vibrations at the atomic level, at the smallest level we can get to. And that frequency that it vibrates at depends on what the, what the atoms are making, what they're creating. And we give off vibrations depending on how we act um, and, and how we're feeling, what our emotions are. So you, sometimes you can feel anxiety or fear just like rolling off of someone. Part of that is visual cues and body language. And part of it is their vibration. They're vibrating at a very nervous frequency and you can feel that. One way to understand it is by thinking about it as a yes. ripple in a pool of water. You are in the water and you are causing ripples just by being there, just by breathing and existing yes. within the pool. And you are thus creating a frequency by breathing in the pool of yes. existence. So the next part is understanding that other beings, humans, animals, uh, plant life, insects, whether I like it or not, certain insects, paintings, dolls, inanimate objects of all sorts also have a ripple frequency within the pool of existence. Exactly. So exist. everything produces frequency and vibration. When somebody is, is vibrating a certain way, you can see how the ripples change. Sometimes they're slow and methodical and serene and peaceful. And other times they might be jittery and nervous, or they might be slow and sluggish, really depends. It does depend, and it depends on a person's 
natural rhythm as well, whether or not their baseline frequency is harmonious with the baseline frequency of anyone else or anything else inside that pool. Right. So when we're allowed to, we tend to arrange ourselves in groups that are harmonious with other people's energy. If there's a certain person that you tend to avoid, it may just be that your baseline energies are not, they're not compatible. On the other hand, it might also be that that person's vibration, they're, they're giving off a vibration of nervousness or anxiety, or we all know that person who as, as soon as you talk to them, they start to complain. I've been this person before. I've known people like this. <laughs> it's not fun to be either one. I don't recall you being the person that always complains whenever you talk to me, so I am not going to confirm. I am going to say you need to be a little more forgiving of yourself. <laughs> I, I, have, I have gone through periods in my life where I've been the complainer. And I call myself out on it and I'm like, look, this is not making you feel good. So what is it, what is it also doing to the people around you? And you tend to attract similar vibrations. So the more har harmonious your vibration is, the better, you're, the better company you're going to keep. Everything has a vibration and our environment can actually dictate whether our vibration is high or good or whether it's low and poor. When it comes to the subtle body, the nutrition that we give it isn't just about the quality of our physical food and water. That is important. However, when we what we consume with our with our other senses, our eyes, our ears, our nose, and our skin or physical sensation is sort of what creates the vibration in our subtle body because it affects how our glands work. For instance, if your adrenal glands are on high alert constantly, that's going to create a really nervous and dissonant vibration in the subtle body. It's called the constructive interference patterns or wave patterns and destructive or deconstructive interference wavelength yes. patterns. I believe it's Dr. Bruce Lipton has done a lot of research on this, if anyone would like to dive deeper into the theory. What, what causes overworked adrenal glands? What causes our glands to go off, off kilter? Stress. Stress is huge. It can cause all kinds of health problems. How do we de-stress? A lot of us are separated from a lot of the things that do de-stress us gathering together with friends, going places that we love to go, doing activities that we love to do. It's more important than ever that our personal environment, whether we're among those who have to brave going work to work physically, or we're among those who are able to stay home and work from home, learn how to tailor our environments to allow our vibration to be calm and even and harmonious, at least some of the time. Yeah, and you do see a growing movement of people who can move out of the very stressful environments that they were living in before 2020. Mm -hmm. The environments they were living in was working before 2020 because there's no space, but you're not likely to spending it in your apartment. Right. So you only needed a very small apartment that allowed you to eat and sleep. Right going to work, then you were hanging out with friends, you were going to activities. Now 
that 2020 has hit, you see a flux of people leaving because they keep their environments healthy for them. They need more than a one-bedroom apartment or they can't work from home, from their living room. They need an office. They need more space, nature access. They need to tailor their environment. So that seems like there's already a natural tendency for people to gravitate, especially now that it's underscored that our environments or our jobs or you know, some of our relationships were not high vibration, were not constructive. There's already a tendency because of what's going on now to gravitate away from those things that are deconstructive and move to things that cause a harm, more harmonious vibration. So it just goes to show what people sort of gravitate toward when they don't have to put up with certain things or they learn that they can't put up with certain things, what they gravitate toward naturally is a great way to determine what brings our vibrations back into harmony, what makes us feel good. So pleasant sensations generally soothe us and make us feel safe, uncomfortable, while unpleasant sensory experiences put us on high alert. A harmonious or high vibration in the subtle body and in our physical body helps us maintain a state of well-being, while a discordant or lower vibration causes stress and uneasiness, which makes us more susceptible to physical malady. If you have a physical malady that acts up every now and then, if, you're, if you struggle with chronic pain, you might notice that there's something wrong in your subtle body because you're having a flare-up or you want to isolate yourself, or if you have an eating disorder or a mental illness, you're having a, a difficult time managing that. thing about this is those things lower your vibration. The, the criticism, the isolation, all of those things lower your vibration. So it, it can create a vicious cycle of disharmony between your physical and subtle bodies, which makes you continuously attract a lower vibration to yourself. The same, the opposite is also true, however. So if you can raise your vibration, you're going to continue to attract higher vibrations, which means that your subtle body and your physical body are both going to benefit. So Shannon, you and I were talking about unpleasant versus pleasant environments and thinking about those environments and thinking about how they make us feel in our bodies. What's an example? So uh, the environment that made me very feel very icky was at one of the former offices for my day job. There was a number of contributing factors that unfortunately no one wanted to tend to. So whenever I would talk about or ask someone to, can we address the vent system, the fact that they're on and blowing dust and dirt particles and the building was under construction at that time. So it was also construction particles that were flying around but no one wanted to shut off the vents. No one wanted to figure out, well, what switch shuts off these particular vents so that way you don't use your inhaler, so you're not out of work taking a sick day more often than you really need to because the environment is causing you to become physically ill. Uh -huh. Then there was the fact that there was all these fluorescent lights and the fluorescent lights themselves not good for you. There have been studies to show that they cause headache. Fluorescent you know is terrible I mean. for you. Yeah. And then they were flickering. Oh. They were flickering fluorescent lights. There was a great deal of color problems. The environment was never quite clean. And for some reason, when you didn't want the heat on, the heat was on. And when you wanted the heat on, the heat was never on. 
There were uh, tinted windows, so the sunlight never quite made it into the rest of the office. It only ever got to the uh, offices along that particular wall. And the computers were slow and lagging and bright because they didn't have blue light filters, because I am an introvert. So just being around people for too long causes me uh, uneasiness mm -hmm. or disease right. in general. Just expending the energy necessary to be in close proximity and still be social, still interact was also very draining. And it, it all contributed to an uncomfortable, subtle body uneasiness that ended up causing me a great deal of illness. When we consume things with our eyes, ears, nose, and skin, those vibrations have to pass through the subtle body first. So when we're consuming, yeah, when we're consuming things yes. that are unpleasant to us, they're already causing disharmony in the subtle body. And then we perceive them with our senses as being unpleasant and it disrupts our vibration. So it was an environment that seemed that was not was not conducive to comfort or health in any way no so how did that make you feel in your body oh i often had migraines as i said before my bronchial asthma my asthmatic bronchitis was i was using my inhaler at least once a day uh -huh. so our I was feeling it in my lungs. I was feeling it in my head when I was having those migraines. I was sluggish, unproductive. I was, I actually, I am not a person who's inclined to the seasonal uh, effect. I don't know what that's called. Uh, Megan, seasonal affective disorder. Seasonal affective disorder, yeah. Seasonal dis affective disorder. I, I actually suffered that the first time in my life when I started working at that particular building. Right, right. I've never had this problem. I've, I'm a night owl. I am up at night. So the fact that it's darker, longer, is perfectly fine for me. I am creative. I am inspired at that point in time. Right. It's not a natural state for me. I suffered it. So this environment changed your vibration to such a disharmony, to such an extent that you actually started having issues that you hadn't had before. Yes. It's It's... Very similar for me. I was trying to think of the last place that I had a very unpleasant experience. And, you know, it was probably the last time I was in an office building. Um, the quality of the lights, we, we all know how bad LED lights are for your, your mental health. Um, it was an open... Artificial light, well, artificial light is, is not good for you. And there were banks of windows around the whole office building, but that didn't, that didn't sort of, that didn't counteract the LED light enough. It was an open floor plan. So I felt very exposed all of the time. I felt as though anyone could walk up to me at any time and being an introvert, like you said, that is a hellish experience. Just having being that accessible to people all the time or being in a space where you can hear other people having loud conversations or discussing things that maybe make you uncomfortable like politics or, or that sort of thing. Uh, it was, I was also on the third floor and you know how they build buildings so that the, the floors on higher 
on higher floors can can move, they can vibrate so that the structural integrity remains intact. We had a few people mm -hmm. in my office that were very fast, very efficient walkers. And when they would walk past my desk, the whole floor would shake, my monitors would move. And it was so, it left my nerve endings so raw by the end of the day. And it's like you said, I was exhausted. I couldn't focus. I was just having all kinds of trouble with my anxiety disorder. My digestion was off. It wasn't good as by the same token, living in, an, in a more urban area than I'm used to. I grew up in the, the dark, deepest depths of, of central Pennsylvania. Moving to a more urban area, I had never had seasonal allergies before. And now I do. Mm -hmm because my vibration is affected by the pollution in the air, by the subpar water quality. In addition to having seasonal allergies, when I'm experiencing seasonal allergies and I'm itching and my skin is itching, and this is a physical, physical manifestation of my vibration being off my anxiety disorder, mm -hmm. In addition to having seasonal allergies, when I'm experiencing seasonal allergies and I'm itching and my skin is itching, and this is a physical, physical manifestation of my vibration being off my anxiety disorder, mm -hmm. is worse. So it exacerbates, yeah. it exacerbates mental illness. It, exa it exacerbates anything chronic that we have going on. So now that we have thoroughly disturbed our audience and their skin is crawling and they're all very uncomfortable, <laughs> let's, let's bring it back to a more pleasant place. So I'm going to ask the audience to do this as well, but even if you've never experienced an environment where you felt at peace, construct one in your mind. Think of a place that you have felt sort of at peace or of a place that you feel would be peaceful to you and why that is. Think about the sensory sensations that you're feeling. For me, it would be a couple of different places. One of the places that I really, really love to go are bookstores. I love the smell of paper and coffee and cookies. Like that just really makes me happy. It's usually quiet or instrumental music is playing. And then there's the ability to open books and get more of that scent, first of all, and feel the paper and the sound of the paper rustling just, mm -hmm. just does it for me. <laughs> well, I can understand that as a librarian. So another place that um, really does it for me, I, have, I was actually talking to my mom about this a couple of years ago. We went to a bed and breakfast in Maine. It was me and my, my immediate family went there and I was talking about the sound of the ocean and the smell of the ocean. And I hate hot weather. Uh, the longer we do this podcast, the more everyone who follows us will find out how much I hate hot weather. It was so nice and cold there. And we slept with the windows open. You could smell the salt. And just, I slept the best that I have ever slept. I felt so relaxed. There was no television. There was light instant. In instrumental music going on and I had brought a stack of real paper books with me mm -hmm. and that's what I did while I was there. When I was younger and even into adulthood my immediate family and I would go on cruises 
And it's usually a seven to nine day cruise. We don't take short ones. We do nice week long ones. And I would get overstimulated by the sheer amount of people because that's basically a floating city yep <laughs> and then i would get stressed out because i was also thinking like do they recycle this what's our what's happening with our waste you know my consciousness would also be like oh this is nice but what's this to the environment right <laughs> <laughs> because I, i'm that type of person that i will start to get anxious and worry about these things as i'm doing them but i would end up taking a pile of books from the library when i was working at the library and that one day where I was like, okay, I'm overstimulated. I just cannot function with everyone else in my space. I would wait until everyone left to do th activities on the boat or they were doing activities off on shore somewhere. And I would sit in the cabin on the balcony because once you get a balcony, there's no going back. And we got a balcony one year and there is literally no going back. And I sat on the balcony, I closed the screen doors so I didn't see any of the generic, not really well-designed cabins, you know, that happen on cruise ships. They try, but they don't try hard enough or well enough. <laughs> and it was the ocean breeze. Yes, it was warm because a lot of times it's in the Caribbean that you're going, but because it's the ocean and it's just something about that vastness of blue and the horizon and even if i had to keep moving the chair because the sun was chasing me around the deck on around the the balcony it was still a a, a beautiful day to revitalize myself and you would hear sometimes uh the blooping of dolphins you may not have seen them because they were in a different part of the ship or or even whales we saw the one time but they come up out of and you hear the little uh breaching sound that happens and you know you're not really alone and but you are alone from the humans that you were interacting with at any any rate and maybe you would hear seagulls or birds or something because they were nesting on the cruise ship yeah and i would sit there all day knock it up i wouldn't even need to eat megan and you know i i usually need to eat i didn't even need to eat because i was that calm in yeah that calm and immersed into the setting that i didn't realize time was passing even though i was going through my whole stack of books that would normally take i, I mean i'm not a fast reader but you know i'm a reader yeah. and normally that stack of books would would last me an entire week and i would go through it in a day that's amazing and I mean, even just talking about these settings and these scenarios, I can feel some of the tension come out of my body. I can feel my breathing start to slow and deepen. I can feel my heart rate start to calm from the staccato that it was before when we were talking about the stressful environments. Just even thinking mm -hmm. about being in those kind of environments kind of brings your, brings your energy back home. And that really helps to foster your well-being. In these times, both of us were talking about vacations that we've been on that we loved. And I think that that's a big way that a lot of people construct environments that are very, um, very conducive to a harmonious vibration in their subtle body. And it's a reset. Mm -hmm. Yes, it is. It allows you to take that moment of rest and relaxation and reset yourself. So that way, when you enter into the fray of 
disharmonious and destructive interference patterns, you have something to remember that you just were able to get into. So it lasts you for at least a, another month or two before you can be like, okay, I need a long weekend. Exactly. So it's about what we do to steward our energy before and after we encounter that so that the effects are not lasting, so that they're not chronic, so that mm-hmm. so that resetting the vibration becomes natural and normal. Now, to, to be tailoring our environments and our relationships and the things that we interact with, both here and in the digital world, are conducive to creating those pockets of space where we can sort of take a deep breath, let it out, and let those ripples become you know, very, um, very peaceful. So what were some of the ways that in the, in the toxic work environment that you were in that you were talking about? And I've, I've heard a lot of other stories about that particular space, (laughs) Mm -hmm. but what were some of the ways that you were able to had on you? Just being able to get up in the morning as early as I could possibly get myself up. I I need that downtime Uh to prep myself for the day. I would go get the first ferry or one of the first ferries, make sure it wasn't a crowded ferry because that would cause me just as much anxiety as anything else. Um, Sit as far back as the the ferry would allow or up on top because some of them are open tops. And again, sit away from the people, sit as far away from loud noises as possible with an open window and meditate my way through crossing the, the river, the Hudson River, and enjoy the moment of being on the river, of being on the water and on the boat. And I, I love water and I love boats in general. So it was very soothing to know that while the rest of the day was going to end up being draining I had that moment in time and I would have it again after work when I took the ferry back to the Jersey side and I would be able to de-stress and allow the ocean not the ocean the estuary because where we are is an estuary to basically um, rock the 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 stress away from me you were connecting an element to sort Uh, of diffuse uh the stress yes okay Mm -hmm. in that situation before you were working from home it would have been even more important for the the other things that you were you were talking about limiting your screen time uh curating your social media and and making sure that you were immersing yourselves in in things that gave you peace like reading books and I know you love to paint. You paint beautifully. Um, you can see a lot of her work on Society6 on our storefront. It was very important for me to, to connect back to things that I loved because there, as much as I enjoy being a librarian for my company, I also right. don't. Well, I think, that that's, I think that's a sentiment that is shared among a lot of people because they talk when we talk about office life, everyone's complaints are the same. The temperature is wrong. The lighting is bad. The air quality is often poor. You know, it's, it's not an environment that is, is structured to create harmony in our vibration. It just really isn't. It's made to create efficiency and try to boost productivity. What's worse though, 
is that most offices don't even realize that the color schemes they're using do the opposite of boosting productivity exactly. and cause an efficiency. The drab colors. And that's a, those are studies mm -hmm. that are being done since the early 2010s that have proven these colors that they use, those drab colors, those whites, those tans, those beiges, those grays, when you combine them especially, they do nothing for the people you're trying yes. to get the productivity they, out of. The color that you are saturating and kind of bathing your optic nerves in really does affect how you feel in your body. So compare looking at something that is sort of drab and gray compared to a color that you really love. My favorite color in the world is teal. I love teal, especially a bright, saturated sort of peacocky color. And it just makes me happy when I look at it. It makes me feel peaceful. And that's feeding my vibration. It seems like anyone who is still going to an office, anyone who is still in that situation where they have to be physically at work, it becomes even more important to carve out those little pockets of time where you can breathe and focus on something that you really enjoy and that that feeds you that makes you feel peaceful in your body so that's going to change with the individual i have a friend who loves taking hot showers that's one of her big things my sister is mm -hmm. huge into she loves to make home decor she loves making her own home decor um spending time with your pets playing with your kids like these are these are very important things and we have more exposure to these things now, that's one of the benefits of being quarantined. Yeah, and it's also a benefit that you can find new things mm -hmm. that bring you pleasure as well. Whereas before, you might not have had the time because you were either using it to commute to work, and now that you are working right. from home, you don't need to do that, or you've, you're, you've been furloughed and you have the time to figure out what mm -hmm. else do I like? Do I like photography? Do I like making wax dolls that yeah. look like bats? You can figure that out. It's still a stressful situation, but at least you're able to give yourself the space and time to find new things that you also love that could also be very de-stressing and allow yourself yes. to find that And you bring up moment. such an important point that I, I want to I wanna put a fine point on. It is completely okay and it is necessary to take a break from what's going on in the world it's completely okay to do that you do not have to be like we so many of us feel that if we are not plugged in to what is going on in the global landscape the political landscape the pandemic landscape 24 7 that we're not being good global citizens Whereas the opposite is true. If we mm -hmm. allow ourselves to take a break and focus on our loved ones, focus on ourselves, keep ourselves healthy and strong and peaceful and our loved ones healthy and strong and peaceful, we become better global citizens because we can put more energy into things that are going to make a difference. And you're connecting with people. You're remembering that there are people out there that need connection exactly. as well. Exactly. And connection, when you connect with someone, when you interact with someone and it's beneficial, you're feeding each other's vibration. You're feeding each other's uh, subtle bodies. Your subtle bodies are influencing each other. So 
these bands of, of energy radiate out from us, right? And encasing all of those is actually, encasing all of those is actually what we, what we would call the spirit or the soul. It's our essence. So we're absorbing energies in through the essence of who we are first, and then it travels through the subtle body and into the physical body. It actually touches the physical body last. So it's being filtered through all of these things first. So who we surround ourselves with and the relationships that we build can actually be extremely beneficial to our health and to theirs as well. I do have a mental illness. I have anxiety disorder. And one of the things that I realized that I had to do, especially during this time, was tune my social media to be more of a happy place. I turned off, I left groups that were political. I left groups posted, um, I would say, news that was meant to fear monger or news that was meant to escalate your feelings and, and cause people to panic. I left those kinds of groups behind. And I started following more groups that have to do with humor or have to do with my interests and hobbies or celebrities that I admire and feel are good people. So my social media became more of a place where I could go and be entertained. And in terms of educating myself and informing myself, I found a few news feeds that had nothing to do with my social media. I had to go and seek them out so they weren't just randomly popping up into my face without warning. And I gave it a time mm -hmm. limit, 25 to 30 minutes a day. I educate myself on the latest news and then I set it aside. I know what's going on. I, I understand what's happening in the world, but I'm, I'm giving myself a break. And you're not oversaturating yourself with anything that exactly. you can't get within 25 to 30 Things minutes. are changing second by second, but we don't necessarily need second by second updates. When you're plugged in constantly to those things, not only does it affect your vibration, which is what we're talking about here, but it causes you to neglect the things that are actually going to really help influence and steward your well-being. If, you, if that means that you need to deactivate your Facebook account for 30 days and see what you can do without, then you should do that. If it means that there are certain feeds on Instagram that you don't think you should follow anymore, then you should do that. Like, we control these things. We, we can curate these things however we want them to be. My rule of thumb for social media is if this feed or if this account is can be personified into a person or a being when I want to sit down to have coffee and a conversation with them. If my answer is no, that's perfect. I don't follow that's them. That's a great way I to do it. unfollow them. The other benefit to spending less time with the news, less time with social media is that you have more time for other things. You have more time to take that hot shower. You have more time to start a five-minute meditation or to watch an ASMR video that's two or three minutes long and kind of deep breathe along with it and give yourself, give yourself a moment, which brings us to tailoring your personal environment. So a lot of us have the freedom to do that now, right? Which is exciting. You and we were just talking about how you can't really do that in an office all the time. 
And one of the big things that I think that people don't think about is sound. Mm -hmm. Sound is not something that right. you or notice until, until you, really you do notice it and then you can't stop noticing it. Yeah. And sound is definitely yeah. where well, if you I think have about triggers. sound and your subtle body, if your subtle body is basically a vibration of energy extending out from your physical form, sound is literally vibration and frequency that we can detect with our ears. That's what it is. So it would make sense that that would really affect our personal well-being. And we were talking about earlier animals, you can see this in animals where they'll run away from unpleasant sounds, whether it's your dog running away from a high-pitched whistle or animals running away from jackhammers and other machinery. When we're thinking about the soundscape in our environments, we should be thinking about how the sounds we're exposed to every day are making us feel. Mm -hmm. And sound and music yes, is a great way absolutely. to bring your energy up in general. So, so if you are in an apartment, I mentioned earlier, I live in an apartment, sounds leak through, especially if you live in an urban area like so many of us do, sounds leak through from all sides. So one of the things that my wife and I do is that is we have a fan that we turn on and it creates almost this sound bubble of white noise. So we can hear the fan, but we can't hear anything else. And the fan eventually just kind of fades into the background of our experience. Now, some people hate that sound. Yeah, that I would be one of those people that I hate right. the sound of mechanical but white noise. You, you had mentioned to me that you seek out thunderstorms or you seek out rain sounds. And those kinds of videos are all over YouTube and they'll do the same thing. Yes. And the thunder and the, I can imagine the flashes of lightning crashing down on whatever scenery I've just and that makes your body feel that peaceful that enough that you can fall yeah. asleep the mm -hmm. other thing to think about is sounds that you expose yourself to purposely on a regular basis that you can kind of control if you're someone who normally listens to very heavy music or any other really loud very intense music and you find yourself feeling on edge all the time or you're sort of depressed Try switching it up to classical symphony. I have a bigger problem with lyrics. If your lyrics are toxic, negative, and they are not going to elevate my vibration, they're not going to cause me joy and happiness. Well, I, don't I mean, the words that we speak are definitely, they're sound. They're sound compressed into, into expression that we can understand between each other. By the same token, the television shows that we watch that's image combined with sound waves. So you've got these light frequencies and you've got these sound frequencies that can either elevate or lower your vibration. My wife and I watch a number of different things. And one of the things that we were watching over the Halloween season was the Scream series that was out on MTV a couple of years ago. It's on, it's on one of the streaming services now. And we spent the whole weekend watching, pretty much binge watching the second season. And after this weekend, I was so jittery and on edge. I wasn't scared. I wasn't frightened of the imagery that I was seeing. But just because there was so much intensity being kind of thrown at me from the energy in this show, I couldn't calm down. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's the point of a lot of the shows. They want you to react viscerally because you then connect to it on an emotional level and you're more likely to enjoy it and right. to go back and watch it the next time it's on. 
But when you binge watch it, you're getting way too much or oversaturating your senses with it. It's not that I'll never watch that show again. I will definitely watch that show and, and similar things to that again. But I've learned that I need to intersperse it with other things. It's extremely important, at least it has been for me, to make sure that you're watching things that are feeding your energy rather than making you feel scared or making you feel pulled down. My wife and I love to watch episodes of Planet Earth right before we go to bed because oftentimes we'll get to see animals doing cute things or we'll get to see them doing funny things or we'll just see some really natural imagery and nature interacting with itself in really dynamic ways and it's just it's very relaxing to us. Yeah I enjoy Planet Earth but I can't watch anything before I go to bed otherwise my mind is racing. If I allow myself, I will stay up all night thinking about things. That makes a I lot of sense because we are also told by doctors ad nauseum to limit our screen time before we go to sleep. But yeah, I just pick up a book, physical paper book, and I try to wind myself down by reading something or rereading something that I already know the outcome to. So that way I'm not, again, right. triggering ideas. And, and reading something that at that time of night that Again, you're consuming something with your eyes, you're pulling something into your, your brain, and you're making pictures in your brain, and the images that we make in our brain also affect our energy. So it's to read something that's not super stimulating. Okay guys, that wraps up Subtle Bodies Part 1. Megan and I will be discussing other ways to tailor your environment to better steward your own frequencies and take care of your subtle body and your physical body in the process. We hope that this is helpful for you. If you have any techniques or methods that you use to care for your energetic well-being, please let us know in the comments. Please follow us on Instagram, Pinterest, and Facebook, and let us know there as well. Bye! Bye!